I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Dave Robinson. Uh, Dave, as an athlete and a coach, has long possessed a deep passion for self-improvement, and he's now guiding clients on their own personal development journey. Um, Dave, I, I think, I mean, your, your bio is very impressive, but but I would, first of all, love to thank you for coming on the podcast. I, I appreciate you coming. Um, and I would love to open it up to you if you can kind of tell people your story, and then we'll kind of dig in on on whatever seems uh, seems appropriate. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so this is a really cool podcast for me, the Know Your Why podcast, right? Because this is just just a a such a vital topic in my life. Uh, I've always chased the thing that I think satisfied me uh, from a, a real fundamental standpoint. And when I didn't do that, I was met with a ton of internal turmoil and uh, sat with that for a long time, uh, but ultimately made a lot of decisions along the way that you know, got me to the point where I, I can really truly say I'm living the life that I created and that I love, right? But backing up a lot, uh, what got me into health and wellness in the very beginning was uh, I was always an active kid, but I was always a little bit heavy, a little bit overweight, hit puberty real early and then just kind of stayed there. Uh, so, I, you know, any any additional mass was just kind of growing outward, not upward <laughs> right? from like uh, nine, ten on. So it made middle school really awkward. And, and I remember a, a time because you know, uh, we were talking a little bit before the, the show started, like you, you love sports, you're a sports guy. I, I am too, right? Every sport in the neighborhood, you know, playing with the kids at the pool and, you know, on the, on the uh, playgrounds and whole nine yards, right? I just loved it, always outside. And yet, you know, when we played roller hockey, my kids, would, my friends would stick me in goal, you know, and be like, oh, you're the fat kid, so play goal. <laughs> you know, if, and uh, okay, we're playing basketball, like I'm the center, you know, and, and come on. So uh, what really became the, the real crux of this when I was growing up was I remember being 13 or so and the summer before my freshman year of high school, getting into soccer, like really starting to like kind of feel like, okay, I could be good at this, right? We're at the pool and there's some, a new group of, of girls came in and I was so embarrassed to take my shirt off and I didn't take my shirt off. And I rode my bike home and I remember just feeling like so dejected and just like, I'm not going to let that happen again. Right. Uh, so ended up joining the Y that summer and uh, was doing like bench press and leg press and using the elliptical and walking on incline. And I'd ride my bike two miles there. I'd ride my bike two miles back and I'd play other sports with my friends. And it, it worked out pretty well to kind of kickstart things. Uh, but played soccer in high school, uh, fell in love with it. I still play like every Sunday in the spring and the fall. So um, college, I got into powerlifting in a, in a very uh, intense way, I would say. My random roommate was a freshman or as a freshman was a junior national powerlifting champion. So uh, that was a, a rough introduction as a little 155 pound long haired soccer kid. And then coming in there and, you know, uh, spending four plus years in the, in the weight room and coming out like a totally different person with a different mindset and a different, um, hardness of having, you know, knowing I can go through hard things and do hard things. Right. But still at, at that time was really doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, which I can look back on now and see, uh, but you know, even in, then I was just trying to, you know, get big and get jacked and respect and, you know, all that. <laughs> right. So, uh, ended up, I was a history major, political science minor, and I was going to teach high school history. Loved teaching, didn't love the subject, and uh, ended up having a kind of fallout with history, so to speak, where I 
just decided I'm not going to do this. And two weeks, three weeks before graduation. Uh, so I just stopped applying to master's programs, didn't have a plan. And I ran into the one of the head strength and conditioning coaches at the University of Richmond at a powerlifting meet three weeks before I graduated in my hometown. We shot the ship for 12 hours and he invited me to come interview for an internship they had there like the following weekend. So I did, got the job. And a couple of days after I graduated from U of R, I walked into James Ma or from James Madison University. I walked into University of Richmond, which are rivals, like very, very <laughs> close rivals. Yep, and I walked in on my first day with a JMU hoodie on, like a dummy, just like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> you know, like strolling in. They're like, what are you doing? They're like, you got to go. You got to <laughs> go. Right. So, uh, but I, I learned a lot about that and more than what I learned in the, in the gym and about programming and about healthy, holistic habits and about training people and et cetera, was that that wasn't for me. I really valued freedom and flexibility of time and income. And I had none there because the pay was nothing next to nothing. And the time, you know, if I have a football group at 5.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like my ass ain't going to the beach that week. That's for sure. You know, Cause I gotta be there doing that thing at that time, et cetera. And so uh, I ended up becoming a financial planner, did that for seven years. And again, did more coaching in that realm than, than anything else, but it just wasn't the right subject. So fell out of fitness, fell back into fitness, got into obstacle course racing, just Spartan, Spartan racing, running those types of events. Um, started out, I sucked. I finished like, like a thousandth or two thousandth out of like, you know, 3000 people and it kicked my ass and uh, it was a real wake up call. And I started to get back into training a little bit, started to apply myself. And over the past seven or eight years, I've gone from that to qualifying and racing internationally and running obstacle course racing world championships and, um, you know, getting on age group podiums and things of that nature. So it's been really cool to, to have that transition and the mindset that goes along with that. But today I coach men. Uh, I'm a healthy holistic habits coach for men. I have a men's mastery program um, called Chop Club. And we get our hacks in, we get our chops in. So I'd, I'd love to, to talk about that and share that. And uh, the majority of my time and practice and energy largely though goes into story work, which is the process of analyzing our words and our breath and uh, how those create the stories we tell ourselves and how those stories we tell ourselves create our reality. And so I go into things like uh, things that are annoying, but more importantly, things that are hurtful or haunting and then once we clear that space, we can get really creative moving forward with whatever we want to do and start to use our words for us as opposed to against us. So long-winded answer to a, hey, what's your story? But I feel like I got there really, relatively succinctly and quickly with some background and some context. So uh, no. all things considered, not That's too perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. I, um, I think, you know, I, I just really the thing, the thing that got me to start this podcast was the stories. Right. When I listen to other podcasts like that, that is the part that I enjoy the most. Um, and then, you know, kind of digging because because I think everybody's background has a tremendously big influence on who who they become. Right. And, and I mean, you started it off right that, you know, that, that day at the pool, didn't want to take your shirt off and like, OK, now now, you know, that whether it's for good reasons or bad reasons, like transforms you to be an elite athlete. And, and, and so it, it's kind of, everybody has a thing in their background that is, whether it was a positive or a negative experience that has that, you know, sort of profound impact on who you become. And, and I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of times it's a, it's a negative experience and you decide I want to make something out of this. Right. And, and some people have negative experiences and make something bad out of it. But, but the, the, the idea of sort of, Hey, I don't, I don't want to feel this way about myself, you know, totally. it, turning you into, you know, okay, now I, you're, you're a power lifter and now you're doing the, the, um, obstacle races, which by the way, I also love, I, 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 I come from, as we talk like a background in, in sports, I also play soccer every Sunday. I, right. You're not, you're in Virginia. Still? I am. I, I am. was like, right. well, I guess you can't, I guess we can't play together. Cause I'm in Los <laughs> Angeles, but <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a, a bit of a bit of a commute, but yeah, I, I, I always played soccer. I did track and, and I, I always got a lot of 
I got always got a lot out of it. That was my it's a, athletics have always been my sort of, I don't know, escape, safe place, whatever you want to call it. Like the, the place that I could, could quiet my mind. And, and so I, I think that the, what I found when I got older, sort of in, in relation to the obstacle races is once you leave college, there's not a lot of things for adults to like compete in at a, at a high level. It's like, like in college, like I did, I was a sprinter and I did long jump and triple jump. Like there's no adult long jump (laughs) leagues. Like that doesn't happen. And so it's like, you find other things. And I tried, I tried running marathons. I don't like running far slowly. (laughs) Like I always liked things that move fast. That's why I like soccer. That's why I like sprinting. And so when I, someone asked me one point to do like one of the Spartan races or something like that, I'm like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And I love it. Like, it's like you run to get to the next obstacle, but like, it's really, it's just this like constant, uh, you know, changing challenges along the way. And and so I, I think, I mean, never did it to the extent that you did. I never got to a point where I was like, <laughs> had any hope of winning, but I still just really enjoy them. So I think it seems we have a, a lot in common in that. Uh, you're, you have a pretty varied background. Interestingly, like there's a lot of athletics in there, but then you threw in financial planner and now you're, you know, sort of coaching people. How does that happen? Like if, if you were in, you know, strength and fitness coach and then financial planner, like how does, how does that sort of switch take place? What, what happened there? Yeah, totally. Um, and I, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of like things that there's obviously a lot of things that happen in all of our lives that you can look back on and see these inflection points and you can connect the dots backwards and never really connect the dots, obviously forwards. Right. Right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but uh, you can project forwards, you can plan, you can visualize, you can manifest, you can assume, right. But we can't know, but yeah. looking backwards, we can know because we're the ones writing the story. Um, a lot of those things that really, as you said, make us, are the crux of that is how we view ourselves and the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and about what we've experienced, which is AKA identity, right? And so a lot of it had to do with me shifting identities and in many ways, learning the hard way how to let go of identities that didn't serve me and learn over time the process of creating identities that do. So on the quest for more financial and time flexibility. Uh, one of the coaches in the <clears throat> the running backs coach specifically for the football team. So I, I was full-time with football, men's soccer, women's soccer. And then I did a little bit of field hockey and some lacrosse. And uh, halfway through my tenure there, they scrapped the men's soccer team to replace it with men's lacrosse, which wasn't a thing yet. Uh, now they're really good 10 years later, like really, really good. So which is kind of cool to see. Um, but I spent most of my time with football. And so my, my group was the running backs group when we went out to the field. So hung out with the running backs coach. Uh, we had, he had played for the jets for two or three years. Um, you know, just, a, a all around pretty decent dude. And he was doing some life insurance sales on the side for a small, uh, small company. Right. And we're saying, hey, man, you should think about this. You should get into it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, long story short is I ended up leaving the, the internship position where I was also coaching at a sports performance gym after leaving the, that position at U of R. Um, I was training one-on-one clients, you know, personal training, one-on-one clients outside of the gym. So I was just like in the gym or doing gym stuff constantly. Didn't want to do any gym stuff for me, which led to this falling out. So I I had a decision to make, right? So I ended up leaving to join the small little life insurance business. Uh, Realized like, hey, I could do this, but wrong people, wrong industry, wrong thing. And I didn't really know that kind of serendipitous things that happened. The girl I was dating at the time, her brother was getting married and and her brother's best man uh, was this real country kid named Justin, right? And Justin and I hit it off at the uh, reception, wedding reception or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, and we were probably, this was a much different time in my life, right? I will put this out there. I'm like 23 years old, right? Uh, we're probably a dozen Coronas deep in, at, at this wedding reception. And he says something along the lines of like, hey, man, what are you doing at that, that you know, bullshit company, man? Well, come on out and, you know, I'll, I'll get you an interview where I'm at. And well, you can do some real deal financial stuff, you know? And, and I was like, no shit. Like, really? And he was like, yeah, hit me up on Monday, man. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to call you. And he goes, hit me up. <laughs> and so he didn't remember anything, but I hit him up and he corroborated it. And he was like, well, damn, all right, come on out. So got an interview with uh, a company called Financial Services of Virginia, where the small firm, seven, eight guys, the founder of that firm had been like the president of the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors for years. Like this is like the real deal stuff. So I went from this little podunk, rinky-dink little life insurance company, which I just didn't know was not really doing things the way that really needed to be doing things. Uh, I spent three months there and uh, ended up again kind of serendipitously falling into this potential opportunity where I go in and have an inter interview with this guy and end up joining this firm and fantastic group of guys that I end up spending the next five years with got all my licenses, got all the stuff that makes you a, a financial planner. Uh, didn't get my CFP, but I was multiple tests in on that. Um, but really fell, started to fall out of love with one, the grind of the, seven to seven plus the happy hours afterwards to try to build this business from scratch and to the realization that I could make an argument that this was impactful and important, you know, but the reality was, is that talking to people about like death and dying and talking to people about investments and shit that I didn't really know what was going to happen. And like, yeah, you should save your money. Like, you know, it didn't really fire me up from the standpoint of the impact that I knew that I was capable of making in some capacity. And so I actually got bit by a spider. Uh, I was burning the candle at pretty much every end. And I was taking naps in my office during the day because I would wake up early, you know, get in there by three o'clock. I'm already worked a nine hour day. And so I drink a cup of coffee and I lay down for like a 30 minute nap. And I wake up and I'd be like, oh, and I'd like get in there and start, start, start to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think I got bit by a spider. So I got bit on my elbow and I think it happened while I was taking a nap in my office. Okay. Uh, but I'm not, this hasn't confirmed, but I get up, I put my elbow down on my desk and I was like, Ooh, that's kind of tender. Like I wonder where that is. Right. And like an hour later, I've got my suit off. I'm like sweated through my suit. I've got like my, my like shirt rolled up. I'm like, Hey, does this look weird to anybody like walking around the, in the office, like showing my elbow around oh, and man. a couple hours after that I'm in the hospital. Uh, and they send me home with, uh, they say I either, this was ridiculous. They say I either got bit by a bug, which turned out, yes, this was what it was, or I tore my tricep tendon and they gave me ibuprofen and an antibiotic and said, come back in 48 hours. <laughs> so, so I was like, all so right. You tore your tricep tendon taking a nap. Seems, yes. Yes. It was suspect. <laughs> seems yes, unlikely. Unlikely. Uh, so it blew up to the size of a softball. I spent the night puking, come back 24 hours later to a different hospital. Uh, and they admitted me immediately, spent three days there. And on the second night, uh, which was the start of like the the third and final day. It was a Saturday night turning to a Sunday. And I had a realization that it Sunday, it's Sunday now, it's 1 a.m. And I'm sitting here just like beeping and hooked up to shit and like can't do anything. And, you know, it's been three days of me just sitting here and my athletic self, it's like killing me, man. I'm doing calf raises on the side of the bed, like just trying to like get something get in, you know? Uh, but I have this realization that, wow, okay, today's Sunday. That means tomorrow's Monday, which means I got to go back to work. Wow, maybe I'll just stay here. Like, stay here another day. And it was this lightning bolt, like, jolt moment in my life that I can literally still feel if I sit here and, like, think about it. That it was a, a man, you got to get out and do something. Like, do, do it. And I've been thinking for a while, like almost a year, about getting back into health coaching and coaching workout programming and training again, but doing it outside, doing it not in a gym, doing it in an unconventional manner, kind of getting back to functional fitness, but then also focusing and coaching 
the other areas of health and wellness that are so vital, like sleep and nutrition and recovery and the mindset and those aspects, right? So uh, I ended up three months later making a big leap. And it was one of three big things I did in 2017. Uh, so this, I got bitten in August of 2017. In March of 2017, I finally had the courage to leave a five and a half year relationship with uh, a girl that I had dated in high school. We went to college together, uh, ended up breaking it off for three years, didn't see one another and ran into her the day after I got out of a long relationship and the two days after she did. And here we are again. And it's five years later, we got a house and the dog and, you know, everything but a kid pretty much. And uh, I knew for a while that it just wasn't right, you know, um, for a multitude of reasons, even though it was very, very picturesque on the outside and it was lined up so perfectly and et cetera. But I finally had the courage to leave that. Uh, and that was a long, long process to be able to really, truly follow what my physical body, the signals my physical self was sending me, uh, you know, where I was dealing with anxiety and I was dealing with, you know, nausea and I was dealing with all these like, just because I wasn't saying yes to me. I wasn't saying yes to what I knew was right and true. And to this wasn't the right thing for me, you know? So I ended up working that out with story work, though I didn't know it at the time, with uh, the founder of that that company and lifted uh, Mark England. Uh, we became friends and around that time period went out for Thai food. And uh, he ended up doing his ninja word thing with me. And I was like, you know what? I could leave that relationship. You know, I, it could work out great. And I was like, and you know, here I am like, you know, a couple of months later or whatever. Uh, but it, it was a similar thing when it came to leaving the financial planning business and starting a career again in health and wellness. You know, I asked that big, what if question, you know, and I had all the, what if, what if this goes wrongs in my head? Uh, same with the 50 mile ultra marathon I was running for charity that, that November. Um, that had come out of nowhere and I was doing it for child cancer to support a buddy of mine. And it was just a, a thing I was very ill prepared for having run 15 miles before at most, you know, having a couple months prior and here I am like popping off 50, trying to at least, and there were all the, what could go wrong. So what if I get hurt? And what yeah. if I, you know, all, all the stuff. And it was just the simplest switch of, okay, well, you're spending all this time, energy and effort focusing on what if it goes wrong it being me leaving my career, it being the race or it being leaving the relationship or whatever. Well, what if it goes right? Yeah. And there was a pause. And I just remember just sitting there staring at, at Mark and going, huh? <laughs> you know, like it just hadn't, I hadn't even thought of it. Yeah. Like it, I was scared so much of the possibility of me not crossing the finish line that I hadn't even thought about crossing the finish line of that race. And what, what if I did cross the finish line of this 15? What if I did pull it off? Like, what would that mean? And da -da 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 -da, the ball starts rolling and here we are, you know? So you can talk yourself out of a lot of good things. You can talk yourself into a lot of good things too. Just depends on what words you're using. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I love that, that sort of, and, and honestly, like, it's a relatively new way of looking at things to me, you know, over the last six months or a year, but that like, I don't even remember where I saw it or read it, but just that, you know, what, that, what if, cause, cause almost everybody uses a, what if as the negative, the negative. Yes. Right. But, but we don't say like, what if, you know, like you don't sign up for a 50 mile ultra marathon and think, what if I win? <laughs> you think, what if I don't finish? Right. Like we always, we always think of like the, what's the worst possible, you know, worst case scenario. And it's like, most of the time, even the worst case scenario isn't actually that bad. Like, what if you don't finish? Okay. You don't finish. Like try again next time. Like it's not, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Not only is it often not that big of a deal, it's often very uh, unlikely. Right. right. So I, I went through this whole exercise. It's called fear setting. Tim Ferriss made this really popular, but I, I use it a lot with these big what if questions. Right. And I went back and I and I thought about like, what if I leave my financial planning career and start a career in health and wellness? And list out all the things that could go wrong, all the stuff I was afraid of. And you list out all the stuff you could do to fix that thing or prevent that thing from going wrong yeah. or whatever. And I realized the grand 
all of this fear that I had was really boiling down to the irrational story I was telling myself that I would leave my career to go do this new thing. No one, everyone would not like me anymore and no one would buy my product for like a full year. I wouldn't sell anything for a year and I would be homeless. And that's the story that I like my subconscious was running that I was going to be homeless in my hometown with my mom and my dad and my two sisters and my grandfather and all my freaking buddies from however long. And no one was going to give me a couch or like there was no chance of me. No, no no possible other outcome but to be homeless. I make no money. I'm going to be homeless. That's it. Dave's done. Might as well give up. So, you know, might as well not even start. That was, that was the story I was running. So once I, I got the drama out of that, once I got my words down on paper, once I realized the probabilities and the likelihood and the actual scenarios that could happen and what I could do to mitigate the actual risks, then it became, whoa, I could do this. And not only I could do this, I can do this, I will do this, I am doing this, I did this. And it's that progression that you can see over time but just knowing that that progression exists now and having done the reps on that progression a couple of times, uh, I can apply that forward and know that reps applied over time consistently getting better on something that I love means results are going to be pretty good eventually, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is a very fascinating thing to, do the fit the do the work to change your mindset to change because it's it's kind of easy to say to even like think of it in the perspective of, of someone else right like it's easy for me to say you know to someone else you really need to get rid of those limiting beliefs or you really need, you know what i mean you're you're tell, you know while still having them myself, right? Totally. Totally. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like very, it's even, and, and I feel like I have done a lot to try and like work on that stuff, but it, it's still, uh, I think it's a, it's, I guess, kind of weird that that's inherently how we are or what, you know, like that, that maybe not everybody, I, I don't want to lump every single person in, but like, it feels like most people, we start at a place of you know, looking at worst case scenario. And I don't, I don't actually, I take it back. I don't think we start there because I have young kids and certainly they don't think of life as a worst case scenario. They're like, I think I want to be a superhero. Totally. And I'm like, please always think that way. Like, I don't like in my kids, I'm like, don't change, don't change that. Don't ever think you can't be a superhero. Don't ever think you can't, What you know, whatever that case may be like, don't jump off an actual building, but like, and it's so, like, so, so this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. <laughs> One of the big things with the English language, right? Uh, the English language specifically has a real, in my opinion, issue with putting an emphasis on the things that we don't want. Right. So when you say don't jump off the building, that kid's going to look at that building and go, Oh man, I might go jump off that, you know, or like, <laughs> Hey, Hey, don't run, don't run, don't run. The kid just thinks run right? Yeah. <laughs> versus, right. yeah. versus please walk. Right. Or, you know, stay on the ground or whatever the, the thing that we actually right. want is. And so right. there are these categories of language. And I'd love to break this down for you, for you and, and your listeners. And, and this is super practical, super, 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 super practical. Because when you know these categories of language, so to speak, you can start to notice them in your own speech and in the speech of others. And, realize how you can translate them or reflect them back. Okay. So I just talked about negations. The fact that we focus on what we don't want, the don'ts, the mm -hmm. in apostrophe T can't, don't, won't, isn't, not, etc. Right. The very easy way to translate that is simply remove it from the sentence and you're left with what you oftentimes actually want, or uh, you can translate that then to something that you actually want. Right. So that don't run right? That turns into run. If we just delete the don't, that's not what we want, but the opposite of run is walk. So there we are. We got there. What we really want to say is walk as yeah. opposed to don't run, right? So we've got negations. We've got soft talk, which shows up a lot in a lot of people's language. Soft talk are categories, uh, words like sometimes, kind of, maybe, I think, I feel like, perhaps, one day, et cetera. Things that are not yeah. solid, right? Uh, soft talk, an example of this is, I think that maybe 
I might possibly go to the gym one day next week. Perhaps. <laughs> the odds of that happening, the odds of that guy going to the gym or that gal going to the gym, pretty right. slim to none yeah. right, with that type of language. And so the opposite of soft talk is solid talk. But being solid, clear, concise, actually saying what we want. Right? And this doesn't have to come across in an aggressive way or a rude way or anything. It's simply about the language, like the actual words themselves. What words are we actually using? Okay, so we've got negations, we've got soft talk, uh, we've got projections. I did one today. Uh, I might even pull it up on, on the Zoom um, or off, off the Zoom, but it was a, a projection because this individual was talking about the fear of disappointment in a, in a story work session. And she said something along the lines of, um, you know, I'm worried that other people will continue to see me as a disappointment. And when we say other people or they or them or she or he or whatever, Oftentimes, if we reflect that and replace those words with I or me, we get to the real crux of the truth. And the real crux of the truth was that she was afraid that she was going to continue to see herself as a disappointment. And she didn't, it wasn't about the other people. It was about how, yeah. she, how she saw herself, right? So we start seeing more projections in our own language or in other people's language. We can start to reflect some things and get a little bit more information about the big picture, not only with ourselves and other people. A um, couple more categories. We have binary language, also called dramatics, right? And this is always, never, only, you know, any, right? They're always late. Uh, you know, I, I can never, I never get anything right, ever. Right? <laughs> Nothing ever, you know, it, it, it's rarely accurate. Uh, so really the idea here is to start to identify the language patterns that you're using or that people are using to build the stories of our lives and like what we think about ourselves, what our identities are. Uh, it becomes a lot easier to deal with things like imposter syndrome, to deal with things like the victim mentality, to deal with things like those old habits and patterns and triggers when we are aware of our words and our breath and at least are aware of the stories that we're telling ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it, it's that... I find that that awareness comes up a lot in these, like anytime talking to someone about, you know, sort of mindset type things and the way we talk to ourselves and all that, but the awareness of it, I mean, tell me if you disagree, but that, that seems like has to be the first, like that's the most important part to get started in changing, making these changes. You have awareness that you're doing it. You have awareness that you're, using all of those, you know, sort of tech that you're using binary language or you're using soft talk or any of those things, you first need to notice, know what it is and notice that you're doing it before you could realistically kind of turn that around and figure out how to change it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, think about the hero's journey, you know, Joseph Campbell's uh, in the beginning, there's the ordinary world. You know, people don't know that they're in the matrix, so to speak, right? They don't know what they don't know. Right. And then you have the call, you know, and they're like, ah, you know, I could do that. Or, well, that's an option. And typically they refuse the call. And then they meet the mentor and yada, yada. Right. But yeah. a lot of people don't have the call, AKA don't have the awareness. And then they are become aware, but there's some resistance to changing that pattern or to doing that thing or to not doing that thing, whatever this awareness, new awareness is, you know, I, I do a lot of work in the recovery and addiction community. Uh, with story work. And so there's a lot of old patterns and a lot of old things that come up for folks and real, uh, real messed up language patterns that frankly, a lot was inherited from their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. And their parents. You know, so yeah. you were talking about your kids not, not, uh, not learning it, so to speak, or not having it in them inherently, right? Well, you know, that's because you've done a great job with your awareness, you know, you and your your partner, uh, and that means that y'all are very um, empowering, right? You all y'all have obviously have your patterns, but you also have the things that that allow you to instill those values in your kids. And so the, you have again another opportunity to uh, have those things not be passed on, the things you don't want passed on, the identities you don't want passed on, the yeah. the labels and the the all those things. So I'm a big believer that we define ourselves. You know, we sing our own praises. No one tells us who or what we can or can't be. So yeah. 
you know, and, and we can really truly write that story for ourselves. You know, like write out your perfect day. It takes five minutes. Write out your perfect day one year from now. Not like winning, winning the lottery and, you know, yachts and stuff like that. Perfect <laughs> right. day, but, but like, you know. A perfect uh, realistic day. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but a stretch one, you know, yeah. like a perfect stretch realistic day. Like things go really well for a year and you get to do like what you want to do on a day. What's that look like? And yeah. doing one of those every six months will get you a much clearer picture of what you actually want in life. And very weirdly, or not, depending on how you think and what you believe, right? Uh, subconsciously, unconsciously, whatever, things are going to start happening to make that perfect day happen for you. Yeah. And to have you live the aspects of that perfect day. Maybe not exact details, but general vibe. Uh, it's, it's kind of almost in a way scary how true that is. Like that, it doesn't seem like you should be able to make the changes that you can just simply by changing the way you talk about, you know, talk to yourself. It It doesn't, it doesn't like logically, it doesn't make sense to me that that should work as well as it does but when actually trying and putting these things into practice, it seems like it works incredibly well. Man, there's a great quote that I bring up a lot by St. Augustine. He says, miracles do not happen in opposition to nature. Miracles merely happen in opposition to what we know about nature. The words work, right? The words work. Abracadabra means with my words, I create. It's not just magic. It's in the definition itself, right? Definition of a spell is a word or collection of or a word or collection of words of great influence. So spelling is the formation of words, the creation of words. Everyone on listening to this took it for like 12 years in school. We took spelling. <laughs> Never learned the actual definition of a spell, I imagine. Right. Yeah. So when we speak, we are literally casting magic spells about our lives. And, you know, we can believe that is woo woo. We can just believe that is, you know, the science of the unconscious mind or the science of the reticular activating system or the science of, you know, uh, hey, he's a go getter or like whatever you or or, hey, he got lucky or she got lucky or whatever it is. Right. And write shit down that you really want and start analyzing the words that you're using and the state that you're in when you're using those words. And if we really start to do that. If you can clear that space, if you can move past that old hurt, the old stuff that pops up for you, that you just shove back down, the, the old TV static, the old brain just crap that's in your head, when you can get that cleared out, you can get that down on paper and you get that moved through, which is the process that, that the Enlifted Method teaches, that is story work, right? Uh, or when you just start focusing on the words that you're using, you don't even have to go through that. You just start focusing on the actual words that you're using. Over time, things can shift quite drastically. And, and to your point, it can be really scary. And so we really, I, I'll speak for myself. I have to be very, I choose to be very uh, succinct when I'm in those visualization or, or manifestation or goal setting modes, like clear, succinct, concise, because I'm, you know, could quite possibly get what I asked for. And i want to get what I, right. I want to know what that is. And I don't want to not, I yeah. don't want to get what I asked for and have it not be what I want, which I've done numerous times, you yeah. know, in particular businesses or in particular relationships or in particular visualizations or whatever. Like, so ask for what you actually want, like write down what you yeah. really actually want because odds are you'll keep going that way. So, right. yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's a great, I mean, it's, it, it's a, it's a, a silly uh, anecdote, but it's like, you know, you see sometimes like the, the movies or the stories about, you know, genie in a bottle and, mm-hmm. you know, you get three wishes and someone says, I can't even think of a good example, but, you know, they say something like, you know, whatever I want to, I want to live forever. And it's like, you probably don't want to live forever. Like, there, like there's certain things that, that you might think you want <laughs> that at the end of the day, aren't, aren't necessarily really what you want. So it, it comes back to that, you know, sort of awareness of, of what awareness of yourself and, and what your actual, uh, what your life goals are. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Goal, you know, yeah. and to, to loop it back around, you know, like uh, after 15 years of being in a, in a professional career, 
14 years, whatever it is, like freedom, flexibility, and impact. That's my why. Freedom and flexibility of time and income. I want to be able to go run around and build whatever weird schedule I want to build or see 11 people on one day and then no one for the next three days, like just whatever, you know, and and have that flexibility, Um, go train, do whatever. Yeah. And make an impact. And those are the things that are the wise, you know, that's, that's perfect because I literally was going to say, let's switch to the part where I ask you questions. And the first one is always, <laughs> what is your why? So you, you Here didn't you even have to be asked the question, but one, two, three, so <laughs> say, say it again, just so we get this uh, for everyone, everyone to be listening. <laughs> so my, my why is freedom, flexibility, and impact, you know, making sure that I'm living a life of significance and that I'm, I'm, doing so in a way that that lines up with who i know and believe to be me perfect perfect i love it i think uh as as you said you like to be succinct and i i think that's like probably if i got right down to it every person on this show and i'm up over 100 recordings like every person has essentially some version of that of those three things whether you know whether it's all three or or one of them but but ultimately, you know, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe the simplicity of it all is we all want the same things. Ultimately, if, if you allow yourself to, to believe or allow yourself that, that what you want is achievable, then it's that it's freedom, flexibility, and impact that that's what it really comes down to in whatever, you know, sort of venue that that shows up. Bingo. And whatever that means to you. You know, yeah. and, and like, I'm, I'm looking at the background of your zoom, if you got, you know, Batman and Superman up and, you know, stuff like that, like, and, and uh, like my, my folks just never got me into comics. I never really got into comics, you know, but if, if that's part of what makes you, you, then that's, that's the thing that you lean into, you know, that's the thing that, that is part of that, that experience and that part of that, you know, you can create impact with you, you know, and you can have freedom and flexibility and the things that matter to you. You know, and it's going to be different for everybody listening. So that's just a, a cool observation to hear. Yeah, 100%. Um, I did, just for the record, I was never actually into comics as a child. I just love the movies that have been created out of comics, like all the Marvel and DC movies. That's that's actually when I really got interested. So it's, uh, but it it is now such a, <laughs> such a big part of it that, that my son's name is Logan after Wolverine. So there's, there's definitely, <laughs> so it, some, uh, yes. it <laughs> has, it has a real, <laughs> a real impact in my life. So yeah, I, I, uh, I think uh, you're right. Like figuring out what, what, it, what those things mean to you, like in your specific uh, life and, and, and wants. Um, second question, Dave, tell us, tell us something about yourself. We got, we got some, pretty interesting tid, tidbits, but tell us something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge, uh, just, you know, special skill, hobby, whatever that, whatever that might be that, that people don't know about you too, too much. Um, I make what I consider, and I'm trying my damnedest not to be brash with this statement, but this is, they're the best wings that anyone that I've ever met has ever had the best chicken wings. I make world-class chicken wings called babe's wings. It's Dave, babe, AKA babe. Uh, (laughs) So babe's wings are world-class chicken wings. That's in my arsenal along with a, a plus bone broth. That's a homemade bone broth that I make. So I've got a a little bit of a call culinary side, but I don't follow any recipes. I make like seven things ish, you know, maybe five, maybe nine, somewhere around there. And I do those really well. They tend to be meat ish based. And that's that. Uh, I love it. Tell me, so some, someday I'm going to, we're going to have wings together then. Cause I, now I want to try them, but are, do you, is it a dry rub or is it like a sauce? It's a dry rub. Um, I yes. am open with my sauces. Uh, so I, I, but I do have a, a way of, of doing it. It's, it's, it's pick your favorite barbecue sauce and then add honey and apple cider vinegar and you stir and mix that up. And that that's really your barbecue sauce, but it's all about the dry rub. It's about how you cook it and how long 100%. you cook it and 
what you're cooking it with. And I will, you know, I will like these wings. I can tell yeah, because I promise I, you, man. I yeah. Promise. I am for sure like a dry rub person. I, uh, I lived in Texas for a while and like Texas, like if, if you've ever never been to Texas, people that don't know about Texas barbecue, like that's a real thing. It's and it's, thing. it's a real thing that you can only get in Texas and it's right. amazing. But what's amazing to it about for, for me is I never really liked barbecue like slathered in sauce but the dry rub in texas is you i don't want anything else on it like it's so good it's cooked so well the the rub is so good that you don't need to to put anything else on it like you actually take away from the flavor by putting sauce on it so that's why when people have a uh claim to having whether even like a restaurant when they're like this these are the best it's not if you have to put sauce on it if it's, I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%, man. 100%. If you can, if you can eat it straight off, like however it was cooked, that's, that's the best, that's the best kind of barbecue that you can have. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm coming to Virginia at some point to get some of these wings. That, that sounds Amen. delicious. <laughs> Richmond. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> right, perfect. Um, uh, let no, not last question. Next question is uh, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you and connect, what, what's the best way? And we'll, we'll put whatever's, uh, whatever you like in the show notes. Awesome. So uh, I've got a couple of different ways people can connect with me. I'm really most active, most likely on Instagram. I'm at daverobinson.coach. Uh, I post on my stories a lot and try to be relatively active in messages and things of that nature as well. So that's a great way to actually interact and get in contact. Uh, my story work business is workyourstories.com, workyourstories.com. And my men's health mastery program, which is a year long program, that's at chop club for men, chopclubformen.com. So uh, really excited about all of that stuff. And it is, it's rad to be able to do what I love to do. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And I will, we'll definitely put all of that in the show notes so people can, can find you easily. Um, last question for you. What, what piece of advice would you give to someone who, uh, often this is a getting started in real estate question, but, but I'll change it a little bit to what advice do you give to people who are looking to, change their current situation, maybe, maybe get out of a space that, that was uh, not healthy for them. And, and they're looking to kind of turn that corner. Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, this is multifaceted and, and I think it's, it's layered because there's a lot of low fruit out there. That a lot of people need to start grabbing. And they'll start feeling a whole hell of a lot better. Drink more water, go outside more, go on more walks, have more loving conversations with people, um, eat better food, get better sleep, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like do the basics, do the foundational stuff. Cause if you're not drinking water and you're drinking soda and coffee and if you're eating like trash and you're not sleeping and you're super stressed, and you're not working out like no wonder, you know, you can't, you can't positive talk your way into feeling good if all that yeah. stuff is not happening. Yeah. So Get a, get a grip on the basics, get back to some fundamentals, start doing those things. You'll start feeling a whole hell of a lot better out the gate. And at the same time, you start to shift the identity, right? So um, if you're just getting started and you know you want it and you know you love it, I'm going to read you a poem, okay? And I'm just simply going to read it because otherwise I'm going to just make sure I nail it 100%. I feel like I'm 98 at reciting it, but I'm not going to uh, insult Charles Bukowski that way. So if you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. If you're going to try, go all the way. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, jobs, and maybe your mind. Could mean not eating for three or four days. Could mean freezing on a park bench. Could mean jail. Could mean derision, mockery, isolation. Isolation is the gift. All the others are a test of your endurance of how much you really want to do it. And you'll do it despite rejection and the worst odds. And it will be better than anything else you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. There is no other feeling like that. You will be alone with the gods and the nights will flame with fire. Do it, do it, do it all the way, all the way. 
you will ride life straight to perfect laughter. It's the only good fight there is. So ladies and gentlemen, please, if you're just getting started in something, go all the way. Right. That's a, that's a perfect way to wrap it up. Love, I love that. Uh, so I will say thank you, Dave, for uh, coming on and, and sharing all this. I think these are like phenomenally powerful tools that can be used in no matter what space you're, you know, whether, whatever, whatever level of, or not level, but whatever uh, avenue you're trying to reach success in, like using these tools to better yourself, you know, both physically and mentally are, are, you know, fantastic. Uh, I don't I'm say tools again, but uh, whatever you want to well, call it, they're, but they're practical. Yeah. They're, they're, practical. you know, especially the you know, part about drink water, eat healthy exercise, like all of that stuff. That's like simple stuff to do. And if you get your body right, you'll get your mind right. And it, it's all, it all works. They work together. So uh, it's, it's perfect. So thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate your time and, and uh, all that you shared. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. All right. We'll go ahead and sign off. Thank you, everyone. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.